0: Welcome to KymeCast, where we break through and cut the BS in sports medicine, rehabilitation, and sports performance, and talk about how things really work. All right, welcome to KymeCast. This is uh, Tony Miklum here with my guys here, Russ Dunning, Levin Hauger, Aaron Crouch. So today our guest here is Dan John. Super excited to have Dan with us. We've been learning from Dan for for years remotely or, or through live conferences and it's always been moving to to hear his his stories and his perspective and I think we've pulled so much in our field uh from what Dan's taught and and preached for several years so I'm super thankful for for all we've learned from you and I'm hoping to share that today and that, and we can bring a little bit of that to life for the guests and and we'll always we every time I talk to you we learn something new so I appreciate you being here Dan. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Dan's uh, Dan's coming to us from Utah. He's a, he's a strength coach, been been doing it for years. has a, an amazing uh, history, and uh, has also works as a professor. has worked as a professor overseas, in the UK as well. So it's really a just a profound uh, impact on the field of strength conditioning, and, and our field is often sports medicine, rehabilitation, physical therapy, and we've always found that we've learned so much from the strength conditioning community to really. Understand movement understand demands on the body adaptation and those stresses to kind of really help our clients Move up. So it's it's really cool to kind of bring these two together. So
1: yeah, thank you. You know I like working with DPTs. I'll be honest with you. Uh, A lot of them come out and when they first start they have their stuff They learned a lot of good things about you know to fix people, but they didn't lose learn sometimes write part two if i'm wrong on that uh, yeah so right. yeah. not long ago a dpt took me out to lunch and it was really a good day so i i was born with a condition called pistol grip hips that means from the day i was born i was going to have two total hip replacements uh it's in my family my niece had to deal with it when she was about a year and a half old uh it just kind of depends and so he he asked a good question he said well you know how did we help in physical therapy and if you guys don't mind i'll, I'll I say, you guys are good at two spots. Uh, and we use the semaphore. So when I first came to, there was a physical therapist there to help me get my legs over and get me on the, the walker and encourage me. We went with my with the new, new modern techniques, with a total hip replacement. I think I went 200 meters the first time because it was the first time I'd been out of pain. Mm-hmm. So maybe I was pushing it with the IV bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: ass hanging out the back yeah (laughs) Yeah. the damn thing in my (laughs) funny area that little you know oh yeah oh yeah yeah. Yeah, hot
1: tub time machine (laughs) (laughs) physical therapy is very good in the red light situation Uh, you know I got great advice about using the rail going downstairs for a while I got great advice about you know just like for example putting my hand up bring the leg over into the shower and stuff like that and Later, about five or six months later, you guys were real good at the green line situation saying, you know, now you're free to go play with tasks of fitness, you know, which you just, you know, the ability to do a task and not necessarily performance, but I did anyway." The middle part, the yellow, so you guys are real good at the stop line and you guys are real good at the you know, go take on the world, but the middle part was where we, we in fact, this is a great conversation because I came up with the following. I said, at Thanksgiving, I have 18 bags of groceries, okay, and I have to take those bags of groceries from my car up 10 stairs, not 10 flights of stairs, just 10 stairs into my kitchen. The bags weigh between 10 and 20 pounds each. So this is what I said, and I hope you guys might like this. I said, you know, hi, I'm Dan John. I'm going to take all 18. I'm going to strap them up, you know, get them all the way down there, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to do one flight of 10 with 365 pounds. Put them on the kitchen table. Be done with. Them. Someone listening might say, you know, I would do one bag at a time. So, 18 trips, 180 stairs, 10 to 20 pounds. Got it? Yep. For me, what the yellow light is, the matrix. One trip, 10 stairs, 360. 18, 18 trips, 180 stairs, 10 to 20 pounds each. That jumble of numbers in there. Is where i think that you guys and me guys can sit down and talk with right. that abilities for somebody to have the that matrix of okay i'm just going to pick up four four is too many i'll do two two is too light but i have a, a two tens in one hand a 20, and 20 you, you get that <laughs> yeah. and, I, and to me that's where that's the area in physical uh in physical therapy that i think we need to talk more about is not i'm not just cleared, but I have the ability to make decisions Mm -hmm. uh, in real time, in real life. And that does happen. Bags of groceries, uh, bringing out the Christmas presents, putting Christmas away. Those are all things that show up. And we need more. And we need more. uh, We need a bigger. Yeah, I like that. Matrix. uh, uh, You know, rainbow of things. You know, it's not you're fine, you're effed somewhere we need more we need more gray mm-hmm. and for me you we can work together on gray
0: yeah absolutely so we we call that the continuum right would be the matrix oh. or the is a con- like a continuum <laughs> process right where there's a start and there's there's your point of the yellow zone and then there's this this end really green zone couldn't agree more and i think that's the the state of the profession uh across the u.s for sure in so many cases and it's it's for us, it's super frustrating. Uh, it's one of the reasons we're here, and what we've developed, what we've developed is to, is to bridge that gap and and to where we started, and, and what you bring to the table. It's so cool because that's that is what's needed. Is this is this blend of hey, you know, one thing to get rid of range of motion, get range of motion back, and get out of pain. Yes, that's a great okay out of the red light space, so to speak, right? But now we've actually got to build some strength in here and get this body fortified so it can tolerate some forces, tolerate some load. We can do some work. And then, can we add some speed? Can we add some power? Can we add some velocity? And and, and then then if ultimately, can we get back into chaos or can we get back into to competition? Right?
1: Yeah. And and we talked just before, gentle listeners, So I'm just going to fill in. But so I break down what I what my world is about into four terms. But then I'm going to build up the other two that don't that ever. That's the hand the hand that goes up at, at perform better is about the two that really don't exist. Okay. So, I use uh, Maffetone's definition of health. That's the optimal interplay of the human organs. So, if you don't have cancer and your blood profiles, according to your doctor, look good, you went to the dentist and you don't have anything disgusting going on, uh, and you go to the eye doctor and nothing crazy is going on, well, you're healthy. and You're you're healthy, and there's like a set of numbers that say you're healthy. If you win the, the New York City Marathon, but you have liver cancer, yeah, you won the marathon, but you're not healthy. And that's – so when I talk to groups, that's something I always try to put aside. Wear your seatbelt, you know, don't smoke, uh, be reasonable about certain things. That's health. The next one is longevity, and that's a quantitative and qualitative thing. In my family, we don't have long – we don't live long in my family. So my goals are very much – in my personal goals are very much headed towards longevity. Um you know, I like this idea from Rob Wolf, you know, live long, drop dead. That's kind of my goal. <laughs> you know, I'd much, you know, uh, I'd much like, rather, uh, my, actually, I've been told by God how I'm um, in the year 2137, I'll be shot to death by the husband of a supermodel,
0: uh, <laughs>
1: And yeah. uh, that's the kind of So I just know that's kind of
0: <laughs> 21 that scenario, 21, okay. Congratulations though, pretty far from yeah, <laughs> not bad, yeah. So the nice
1: the thing about the quantitative versus the qualitative, the number of years you live, if it's crappy, I don't want it. You know, you, you follow, uh, but, but there are some people say, I had an uncle who lived to be 98. Oh, what did he do? Oh, he drooled in a, you know, in, in a bin for 12 years. Well, okay. Um, Quality of life is just like a savings plan. It's what you invested at nineteen and twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it is a savings plan. Flossing your teeth, not smoking, wearing seatbelts, not being stupid, are far more important for the quality of your long life than trying to. I'm sixty three, trying to. I, you know, I'll have. I'm working with somebody who's uh, about a decade older, trying to undo habits. They're in their 70s trying to undo damage it's like mm. really now nah. now you want nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, now okay so now and yeah. then there's two words that i think really throw people off fitness and that's just the ability to do a task mm-hmm. and i don't care it, it could you know if you get uh you break your neck uh as a male you can still reproduce because that's a different system um you, like I say, you can become a father, but you're not, not be able to play with your kids. So fitness is a weird thing. I don't. When I read on Outside M- magazine the fittest man in the world, I just want to slap him. If I throw the discus two forty four, and I can't and I need to sit down for an hour and a half and relax because I'm so exhausted, I'm still the fittest discus thrower in history because I just broke the world record. So no, no one takes you. No one takes your heart rate after you throw the discus. No one cares. No one measures your body fat. No one cares. And then there's the world I live in, which is performance. And that's when when someone calls your name, you do a specific task. So if you're a Broadway dancer or or singer, you are a musician. You understand performance as well as I do. You know, you might be the best garage band in uh, Yuba City. But that doesn't mean you know it's going to be. he might not be that big of a deal. Probably not that big deal. <laughs> <Probably> that. <not.
0: laughs> um, There's a country singer. The hands, good. of
1: course, go up immediately and uh, perform better because people now say, "Well, what about fat loss and what about hypertrophy bodybuilding?" Well, I, with, I agree with Art Devaney. Don't get fat in the first place. You know, <laughs> again, we go back to the to what you throw in at 19 and 20. The decisions you make in your 20s for uh adipose tissue are far more important than the decisions you make at when you're 73 mm-hmm. and then um uh, with gaining muscle mass in the area of performance it's often the least in fact sometimes it's counterproductive you know if you're a high jumper and you're trying to look like mr universe you might look good but you're not gonna win you know it's just pure physics um i think you and i uh you guys and me, we can dance together. I would say we're six for six uh, with a good physical therapist, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I support health by talking about habits and uh, encouraging, you know, uh, appropriate, you know, appropriate things. I know I have an impact on fitness and performance. And with longevity, the most important thing I can do is teach some habits that carry on a long time. In the areas of fat loss, uh, obviously, I mean, I can encourage my athletes to keep, you know, when you retire, don't say something like, good, now I can eat, like a famous gymnast once said. She said, good, now I can eat. And you could tell within a year or two that she had discovered it. Uh, (laughs) And the performance. uh, When I was young, uh, the female swimmers used to really uh, uh, have issues with that. So, so, and in the area of uh, hypertrophy, uh, body uh, I mean, obviously, we can we can help, and part of my job would be to wean people away from thinking that's the most important thing you can do in in the athletic training center. Um, and I I, mean, I, I certainly get why the boys want, uh, you know, hypertrophy. I always tell them, well, why don't you try basic hygiene? Learn how to dance and learn how to talk to a woman like a woman instead of <laughs> yeah. like yeah. on the internet. So, but what do I know? Yeah, sound doing. advice. <laughs> sound advice. Yeah. Well, you mentioned so that. that's. I, I think we we can work together in all those areas, and I think we can work very well together. I certainly listen. I mean, I don't know if you guys would consider Stu McGill a uh, physical therapist, but he and I are very good friends, and we bounce ideas off each mm-hmm. other. I here. I think this works in performance. He gets back to me says, Well, then, you know, I studied it. And the, the, there's an exercise called the suitcase carry, where I'm a big, it's a single a farmer walk is double hands, right. single is a single side mm-hmm. walk. And he went up and he said, Yeah, if you're just gonna do one exercise, suitcase carry might be the one. In fact, I'm now teaching javelin. I'm using the suitcase carry with to So teaching the appropriate way to finish on the offside. So it's kind of funny to watch an exercise like the suitcase carry, which was originally done just to get people tired,
0: to yep. so then
1: find out it's one of the best things you can do for your spine. And now it's also a great way to teach javelin throwers how to correctly throw. So, you know, I, I see us in a nice little loop working together.
0: Yeah. So true. Love it. That's. I want to get back to the carries with you as we go on today, because I, I know that that's, we've picked that up from you at times and, and different things you do with it that's so cool that, uh, that we implement and most of our patients hate us for but that's part of the process yeah, right. <laughs> right. at least in the moment so but um, no I, th- I think you mentioned a few things there on uh, on your habits and uh, I've I love your shark habit concept that, that you talk about and, and some ways that you've that you've made th- certain things in your life simple in order to tolerate other challenges or more complexity and I think that's a, a great one well if yeah. I
1: explain that absolutely so shark habits, the word comes from Rob Wolf. We work with the military together. And the idea of a shark habit, if you have a binary decision come at you, one bite and it's gone. Shark habit. So if uh, if I get a you know, an invitation to a wedding today, I'll open it up. And since I opened it up, now that means I'm going to finish whatever it is. RSVP, I'll look at my calendar. I'll put in yes or no, my regrets. I'll go to Bed Bath & Beyond with a registered or whatever it is. I'll buy the present, click the button, put the self-addressed self uh, self addressed envelope with the stamp on it back. It's out of my head. Now, here's the thing. I just did the bride a huge favor. <laughs> now, it's in my calendar. I know where I'm going. It's The mistake people make with shark have is they, they think it's unimportant stuff. It's very important to the bride. And actually, me showing up is very important. But now it's out of my head. You know, now it's out of my head. Other shark habits, I mean, we always joke about my shirts, you know. I have 16 of these shirts because this is all this company had, in North America, in my size. So, I bought every- <laughs> so why did you have 18 shirts? Because that's all they had was 60. Yeah. So I don't waste a lot of time thinking about what I'm wear- going to wear very often. And it's funny because... Um, my daughters don't care. My wife doesn't care. No one cares. I'm a 63 year old grandfather. No one cares if I'm in fashion or not. And it's funny. You're around a 13 year old girl. Everyone's watching. No, no one's watching. No one cares. Yes. Trust me. <laughs> I can wear this. I wear this shirt every day. No one even notices. You know. Um, I have another one as a menu. I think you should have a weekly menu. And so, you know, Monday steak and salad. Tuesday. Viking enchiladas. Wednesday is Irish jambalaya. <laughs> Thursday is breakfast for dinner. That's that's our menu. Nice. So when I go shopping after I eat, by the way, always eat before you do we- weekly shops. You mm-hmm. know, Indeed, you're not,
0: you know, yes. oh, that looks good. Yes. These are muffins. That's be- temptation. Twinkies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and then you, you have a shopping list based on the menu. And then when you're shopping, if you see that something you use a lot is 10 for a dollar, or 10 for $10, You buy extra because you know you're going to use it on and on and on. Uh, I think you should have a, a, a chores list. Monday is white laundry. Tuesday is dark laundry. Wednesday is clean the bathrooms. And the reason I say that is because if you walk by the white laundry on Friday and you see it overflowing, you ignore it because Monday is white laundry day. And what it does is it kind of frees your brain up from constantly having to make, I'm going to say trivial decisions. They're not trivial. But if I open, you guys probably notice, I open an email, I respond. You probably picked up on that, right? Yeah. Because I open the email. If it sits, I know it'll, it'll bother me sometimes. Oh, yeah, what is the thing I got to do? And those kind of thoughts, those, oh, that's right, I got to do this. Those thoughts, I think, take up more RAM in your brain than what your big life goals are. I want to dance at my granddaughter's wedding. I want to knock out this next book with Pavel. I want to finish a 10,000 swing challenge. Um, Those tiny little er, er, scratches in your head take up more traction than what really brings you joy in life. So, yeah, I call them shark habits. And don't we build up what's on top of that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you that. described rust to a T there on the, dr- <laughs> on the dress, and well, no one cares. I've read a lot of your books, so. <laughs> but I mean, did I explain shark habits? Okay, that's basically that's Yeah, know. that's perfect. That's it. Yeah.
1: And here's the thing: professionally, I think I do more podcasts. I probably write more articles than anyone in the field. I'm not not being a oh look at me. I think partially because I'll get an email from bodybuilding.com. Will you write an email about the uh, article about this topic? Yes. Hour later, here's your article. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Open. I didn't it. think you'd write it that fast. Yeah. Well, you asked me to write it, yeah. so if I'd be sitting around all day going, hmm, yeah. should I start it with this? No, no, with that. God, I wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. So you knock it out. You knock it out. You knock it out. When you ask for a podcast, I say yes or I say no, right? And then we, and then I tell you just remind me the day of because. I got stuff going on. So, what a pirate map is, and this comes from Pat Flynn. I think it's genius.
0: I love it. Yeah, uh,
1: Josh and I have this great book called, uh, you know, on fat loss. and it's 432 pages, and I think it's really good. But that's not what people people want. A, a, a pirate map. One, go to St. John's Island, find the white coconut tree, march seven space uh, paces to the west, dig down there damn and i get this all the time uh, um it was weird this year with the COVID christmas and COVID new years generally this time of year at parties i get the same question just damn i, I want to lose some weight this year just tell me what to do first <laughs> off put all that shit that's in your hand down and stop eating that and then go for a walk for god's sakes can you make it simpler than that Bam. Yeah, there you go. See, it's there. on the ground. Yeah, right <laughs> Don't stop and get it off the floor.
0: Yeah. Uh, Didn't want to hear that. So,
1: yeah. so my personal shark, so my goal is to dance at Josephine's wedding. Okay, my granddaughter. She's six. And I no one in my family's ever lived that long, uh, 20 years from now. So I'm I'm pushing against the uh, the the odds here. So one, before I go to bed every night, I make my to-do list and oh, I make coffee because I make up wake up to the smell of coffee. When I wake up, number two, I take a moment to be grateful. I figure if I can't be grateful about something, I can get enough sleep. Okay? I do what, this thing called one moment meditation every day. It's a uh, it's an app, it's free, it's one minute meditation. Very often I do a 15-minute meditation with brain fm. And I and but I think you need a moment every day to just practice n- not spinning four i strive to eat eight different vegetables every day i've already done it already today one meal nine vegetables so i'm done different and then number five is my training program five days a week i do original strength trx work uh heavy hands uh lots of pressing and right now i'm doing 500 kettlebell swings a day with this challenge i'm doing but it's it's well it's on uh, so it's in the inside of my journal and it's on top of my computer but it's also in a wall in my bedroom, so no matter what I'm going to do, I bump it. I bump into it. What a, what my pirate map is is now. Are there better ideas? Okay, yeah, I I'm, I already have the habit of flossing twice a day. I'm fine. Uh, I wear my seatbelt because my car yells at me if I don't. Got it. Uh, I try not to be stupid, and then say I'm always not stupid. I say I try, <laughs> d-r-y So that, that I still have those moments. Um, I think I'm. All you all you really can do is kind of edge the numbers. You know, just all I'm trying to do is, I'm trying. Okay, the Titanic is facing this iceberg. If you turn it six hours early, you're okay. If you if you only have six minutes, (laughs) you know, if you only have six seconds,
0: that looking So my
1: big belief is, I'm the Titanic and I'm trying to avoid icebergs. So the I'm trying to I'm trying to turn early. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So both the shark habits and the pirate map free up my brain so I can do things that I like. When, when people ask me, you know, I, I write about two books a year, right? Is have you guys follow and my the school one time asked me how many articles I've published it was like, Well, I don't know. And they were like, like five? Oh no, I was thinking <laughs> like five hundred to a thousand. And my, my supervisor was like, and they're not in those you know bogus you know western utah you know straight to conditioning (laughs) quarterly i mean there you know there's some there's some famous ones um (laughs) and i tell people they say how do you write so much and i say it's because i wear a black shirt (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: sir and they're like well
1: no no seriously i mean what's your process well i wear a black shirt you know but the idea is by not having a jillion decisions every day, cutting down the number of decisions, it allows me to do the things I think are important. When I was a teacher, one time a a speaker came in and said that a teacher makes 10,000 decisions a day. So we were in a Catholic school with uniforms. So every student walks in, I am deciding if they're in uniform or not. Even if I'm doing it, but I'm still deciding. And then you decide about whether a kid is tardy or not. And then you decide, you decide, you decide, you decide. And what you find sometimes with teachers is that there's this bizarre kind of burnout because they're just, they're, 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 they have too many decisions to make too often. And so what I try to do on the things that are most important in my life, my pirate map, I try to make that as simple and clear as I can. Now you'll raise your hand and say, Dan, I'll be a great disco star. Okay. Lift three days a week. Throw the discus four days a week for the next eight years. Well, they, everyone misses that eight years part. But you know, whatever. For example, how would you get through DPT school? I mean, really did you good. wait until the last day to do everything? No. Well, I know. Yeah, I know Evan did. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But the truth is, you know, you 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 know, uh, it's the, the statement. Coach Mon, my my coaching calls little and often over the long haul. Yep. And. Whenever you look at great wisdom from any field, it they, they always have the same basic patterns. And once you get those same patterns, then I try to apply it to my career, my work, my consulting, and everything else. So I, I, I hope that
0: helps. Yeah, so true. I, we see it in you, and I, I think one thing that you've you've shared on that idea of 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 creating something. Uh, that's, that's easily usable or, or that you can, you can apply and I think make less decisions. We get a lot of conversations with people about what should my training program look like? How much should I do of this? You know, what, what exercise should I do? You know, you, you know, the questions, how many reps and sets should we do? You know, and all this like, okay, well we've met to our, our approach is you've, if the level of questions before that should be what you just described, right? What's your lifestyle like? What are your foundational habits? And then we can talk about maybe reps and sets and programming. But even before we get to that, I think the the training chart that you've uh, that you've put together of the simplicity of how you've organized uh, training programs is really sheer genius and like it was something that is interesting. I feel like I've been struggling with it for like a you know ten years in my career putting together training programs and all these things I'd I'd put together and and I think got them pretty simple. And then when I saw you present that chart, I was like. And there it is, and like <laughs> in like a chart fashion, and so it, it's. I completely respect the the complexity to get it to, and this is this is your decision making process, um, and and how to escort someone through that. Hey,
1: would you mind sharing the movement matrix with the audience?
0: Yes, uh, can no, no. I mean, like in the show notes. Yeah, Just, yeah. we can totally do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay, so gentle listener, there's 37 movements in my chart. Okay push pull hinge squat loaded carrier on the left and then on the top it's basically planks you could call them isometrics it doesn't matter the, it, for example the push-up position plank uh I used to use the bat wing sessionally but now with the TRX with the T and the Y and the row it, that that covers it just as well as and that way I don't have to have a bench in my facility so I win-win uh, the goblet squat, which is a moving squat, uh, a moving plank. Uh, that's why uh, I'll get right. Uh, the glute bridge uh, or the, the, the isometric hip thrust and the farmer walk, which is, again, a moving plank. Mm-hmm. And very often with people, when I just get them to goblet squat and farmer walk, I, it exposes oh, yeah. all their issues. Mm-hmm. That I don't even have to actually... I don't have to coach that much because it's like, oh, I break right there. Yeah, I noticed that. Anyway, but you notice that too. <laughs> that's I mean, the so. that's
0: the key. Yeah, and then,
1: so that would be the plank, the basic plank family. Okay, and don't forget the moving plank. This is this is conversations with Stu. I don't know who I mean, but I know that that's that wonderful dialogue. You know, and then there's the traditional strength exercises, uh, what we would all call. You know, you see the bench press, the military, the row, the pull-up, uh, hip thrusts, uh, rack deadlift, uh, the squat family, uh, prowlers and sled pulls again. Okay. Then there's, well, I call them now anti-rotation, but that'd be the one-arm bench press, the one-arm press, very important, my God. I, The more I work, the longer and longer, I think that this, this particular column is maybe the fountain of youth the anti-okay yeah. uh, the single arm trx row when i first got a trx that was the stupidest thing I ever seen they, they had the deadest thing you, you young guys wouldn't know it was called a dvd and they had a thing called running in place well why would you spend over 200 bucks to run in place give me 50 bucks i'll, t- I'll show you a cheaper one <laughs> when i did the single arm row, i'm like okay that's it that's, that's it yeah when yep. you get into this to the the hinge I now moved away from a lot of other stuff. Now I have it be like running in hill, even marching in place uh, as a hinge. And the way I measure asymmetry, this is a tool you guys might want to use with your ankle, knee, hip people, is when they march in place, grab. Okay, so I got PVC pipes in my hands or broomsticks at the mid. So I got a five-foot PVC pipe and I'm holding it in the middle. And then you march in place, and what you'll see sometimes is that you'll see one hand, you'll see the PVC pipe strike the face. Even <laughs> the stupid people figure it out. After yeah. time, so don't worry.
0: That's a great feedback uh, tool. Yeah.
1: What, what you'll see is it's a self-correcting gate So march in place. So I'm a total. I'm a person of metal. Okay, that's what we like to be called nowadays. Um, I'm a, as a person of metal. When I first did march in place. Uh, I didn't have my gait back yet. Now, pretty soon that came around. Then I went for a walk around the block, and it took me ten strides. Now, if I do something like a, a bound, I'm you know you start to bound you know this way. Well, that's not symmetry. You follow? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the squat family. That's now I teach it with uh, a bear hug carry and then a squat. And that's how I find asymmetries. If I could go back in, in in the beginning, I wouldn't have invented the goblet squat. I probably would have done the bear hug carry squat. It's the same thing, but the bear hug makes it even less weightlifty. so the person falls back to one to a natural human movement that they they know how to do, but they forgot. But the bear hug carry squat. So so you're, you're holding a hundred pound wrestling bag, and then I say squat. You stop. You squat. You stand up and go. You don't think because you're fighting this hundred pound thing and you squat absolutely perfectly, and then uh, in the asymmetries it would be like the waiter walk, the suitcase carry, and the single side rack. For you guys, you probably you're done. You, you don't need any more with that in the physical therapy world. That that's going to cover most. But then I add ballistics. That would be like the kettlebell swing, the overhead ballistics, uh, where you combine the squat and the sprint. And then after that would be the Olympic lifts, the snatch, and clean jerk. But honestly, you could probably build one of the finest football, American football teams in the world by just getting up to the asymmetrical moves. You don't, you don't. Certainly, they would be better to do the next step, but they'd be pretty good. The weird thing about those damn, like squat or hinge followed by sprints, is how far people started throwing the implements after that. And then I realized with American football, it is how the game is played. You know, arm fighting, yep. explosion Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's so brilliant. So I'm, I, I'm not sure if you intended it, but it's it's so developmental as well. Because a lot of people, you know, say they're, they're 15, the high school football team, and they're already learning hand cleans, but they really haven't mastered all the sequences prior to that. And that's what I love about your chart, is it has a developmental feel.
1: Yes, yeah, and this is... Uh, Russ, who was late, made a good comment. Uh, <laughs> Russ, so there's two, so let's do this though, Russ. I like what you're saying there. So you work with middle school kids, push-up position plank, glute ham, gobble squat, farm work. I like that. I'm working with an elite 23-year-old athlete, end of a long season, beat up, needs a, couple months, needs a month plus off, uh, say six weeks. When they come back, the reason I want to revisit the push-up, the position plank, and the gobble squat is to reteach tension, which of course, the more the more tension you have, the safer you are in the weight room. Uh, and so, even with the lead athletes, I like where your head's at. You you want to swim through those again. And I, I agree with you. You know, God, I deadlifted six hundred last season, uh, and uh, before the season, and then we had this 13, 14 week season. Then I took six weeks off. I walked back in the gym, and when I pick up four hundred. <sighs> Ooh, coach, my, my, my greater, you know, absolius is, you know, <laughs> across the lower. I love this. I love 2021. 20, no one gets hurt anymore. Now it's, you know, you know, now they went to the damn. you know, they went up to the anatomy chart. And I said, I think it's the upper thoracic, you know, dude, man. unless you have an MR. Uh, I had a, I used to work with a PT, One time, kid came off and said, oh, he has a slap tear. (laughs) You diagnose a slap tear with a pair of shoulder pads on? (laughs) My God! (laughs) I thinking there. See, a lot of people use, like, x-rays and MRIs and, you know, um, manipulation, touching. You diagnose a slap tear
0: in the middle of a (laughs) steam. It's (laughs) impressive. No offense
1: to, to your field, but
0: Seriously, yeah, uh, we agree. Been there. Yeah.
1: So, what you want to do then is, and, and it'd be an interesting thing. For example, when I work with the special forces guys, one of my jobs that's not one of the things I try to do is get them called out on something as simple as a glute bridge. You know, I want them to go. I want them to stand up after. So, I don't know if you've ever, you guys have seen it. My hands-on one, where we have the. We pushed. We have people, you know, either a glute band or someone holding the knees, and then mm-hmm. something holding the abs, making the abs engaged. You know, you got this. You know, you got this guy, thirteen deployments, who's got a cramped glute mm-hmm. from doing a glute bridge. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're listening now. You know, mm-hmm. yep. so this great value. Rest who came late, um, and yeah, returning to those all the time. And the other nice thing about this is that I can say, okay, you're. Okay, you're up to standard in the isometrics. And then you benched, you, you pressed enough, you pull up enough, your rack deadlift is good, your front squat is where it should be, your uh, prowler is where it should be. Let's now move to, the, and then all of a sudden we see that your right side is significantly stronger than your left side. If we'd have kept lifting weights, that difference, I don't know if you guys have ever seen high school boys bench press, but the joke is, you know, Uh, on a 200-pound bench, they're benching 180 at the right hand and 220 at the left (laughs) because they're so asymmetrical. (laughs) Well, part of our job for when they're 63, they'll be glad they did this. And then, of course, from there is when we want to do the real sports performance, which is focusing on the... And if you have the original one, those boxes I put in red, and then, of course, the hinges that are in yellow. Uh, From there, we want to develop more of the hinge family and... Get much more uh, uh, explosive, much more explosive, and more work capacity. I call explosion snap. Mm-hmm. You take snap and work capacity, you shove the two words, and I call that snapacity. The, the high level performance is all about snapacity. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, if you're trying to get people who look like me, who graduated from me in high school, snapacity might not be that important until they slip on the ice. And then it becomes literally uh, life and just death moment. Mm-hmm. So it's but it, so but that's just part of the process we need to do. Uh, here's the thing, uh, and, I, if, and listeners, I have thirty-seven seven exercises up there. If I go to a workshop and find something new, one of the things I try to do academically is pull out. So I try to so I make these, and I got some pets on my list that I've taken off, and I got to tell you. I mean, I mean it's like a it's like a a sad five year old on Christmas morning who didn't hit their lucky <laughs> arms unicorn or whatever. Yeah. You know?
0: I'll be like,
1: God, I love that exercise, but this is better, Danny. I know, but I love this. One. I'm so good at teaching it, and that you know, like when I worked with Brett Contreras, it mean, completely changed how I looked at the hinge squat and loaded carry, and I had to throw away my love affair with whatever the exercise was at the time you know mm-hmm. so that's something we can do um at, at, your, at you know in your particular field is something i recommend you know is you could even do a matrix of I'm, i don't get too specific but where you what, what you're looking for then and i'm going to just use mine but push pull hinge squat loaded carry you fill this whole thing out and what i found this is about 12 years ago, I had a gap, I had no asymmetrical pull that was really a good one one arm rows, you know, everyone thinks one arm rows shows, but there's so much body English that you can use in a one arm row. It wasn't nearly as good as having your heels together, knees together in a push up position, doing a strict row here, and then go on the left arm and everything kind of falls apart. So I knew there was a gap, and I actively sought out what I was missing. If you guys are working together in a corporate setting or in in, in a group, high school coaching staff or whatever, what I constantly say is, you know, if you fill out these charts, you look for your gaps. You know, the high school I'm working with, the coach called me. I said, you know, I thought you were full of shit, but, oh, sorry, can I swear?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: That's fine. It's too late it now. Yeah. Um, they had 26 different pulls that they used in their... In, uh, pardon, pushes that they used in their program per year, and they had two pulls and only back squats, and, he, and then only half half squats. Well, <laughs> But what... Can you guys see the gap there? <laughs> yeah, there was no squat variations. There were no pull variations and way too many pushes. And so... And I got to tell you, I mean, you can imagine being at the staff meeting where, you know, the guy, you know, the guy, you know, you know, Coach Chest is going, well, we need uh, <laughs> incline, decline, dips. And- that's great, but that's not making our kids play better in the field of play. You know, we push ourselves off the ground better than any team in the league. <laughs> yeah, yes. That kind of goes back to your our, like. Dimension. Our asses are on the ground more than 18. Really. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this was Chimecast, and we are the Kime Human Performance Institute. Thank you very much for listening. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. Please hop on our social media, it's at Kime HPI and engage with us there. If you'd like us to feature a topic or answer any questions live on the show, post your comments there. You can also check us out on our website at kindperformance.com. And there you can see links to content that we've posted throughout our podcast for more information.